Okay, here we go now. Well, welcome to Old Dog New Tech, the podcast that explores edtech ideas, innovations, and integration methods from the experienced old dog side of things. My name is Jeff West, and I've been a K-12 music educator for 27 years, and I am passionate about edtech. I love using it. So let's get started at taking a look at how this can be used in your classroom. Hello, welcome to episode 39. This is Jeff West, your, your host of Old Dog New Tech. I am at the Michigan Music Conference. I'm a little distracted. A lot of people walking around. You probably hear the background noise. And I did a couple of presentations on Google add-ons and extensions and using uh, different pieces of tech to kind of personalize for your own use. And I have a guest, an interview here. I'm going to let him introduce himself, and he's going to take you through some of his uses for tech. He's also presenting, by the way. So this will be a really cool episode. Here we go. Welcome. Oh, thanks. My name is Ian Boynton. I'm a musician and teacher in the Detroit area. I teach elementary general music, high school pit orchestra, and I have a couple of church choirs that I direct. I think we just keep going. This is uh, Jeff West and Ian Boynton at the Michigan Music Conference, and he's going to kind of get into some things he's doing, uh, some of his presentations. Ian, take it away. Well, this year I'm doing three presentations on tech, uh, how to make movies in your music classroom, um, how to some uh, accessibility issues, like, you know, what kind of technology is available to scaffold students who may have learning or physical uh, limitations, and then also a session on how to digitize your printed music so that you can play it back without having to play it in or manipulate the key or whatever nefarious end you, you want to use your digitized right. music for. Right, make it meet your needs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, I got started in tech kind of at an early age, but I've never really been the expert in it. It's more like a, how can I make my life easier and find a tool for that. Right. Right? So I, manipulating what's out there, not necessarily coding or anything. Or do right. you code? Um, I have not. I okay. spent a little Me time neither. with Lily Pond when it came out. Oh, yeah. Um, because I didn't want to spend the money on Sibelius or Finale. Yeah. <laughs> and after about a month of that, having to code in all the music, I decided to just spend the money on Sibelius or Finale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot in there. It's, it's incredible. So um, maybe go through just a, a little bit more. The accessibility particularly, um, I think it's a big piece. It's an up-and-comer that a lot of people aren't paying as much attention to. But, but I know at RISD, RISD, they have kind of a library of tech you can check out. Um, but there are a lot of things that are uh, online that are making accessibility much better. I see that. Uh, you know, what's, what, do you, what do you got in that? What's your expertise there? Uh, well, I'm co-presenting with uh, Denise Lewis, and she's going to cover some of your um, actual physical, or I'm sorry, your online services, like, um, you know, how to design your website so that it is ADA compliant and, and that sort of thing. Uh, and I'm going to be speaking on just physical adaptations, specifically with, um, I service a population of students on the autism spectrum, okay. uh, as well as severe hearing impairment. We have a, sure. a center-based program in my district. Uh, so we're going to talk about um, GoTalk, which is software that enables you to be, enables students to speak who don't have a voice. Okay. Right? You can either have a pre-programmed set or type it in and it will speak for you. Sure. 
Uh, we're going to talk about Board Maker, which is for your nonverbal students' uh, pictographs, iconic pictures, to enable you to communicate quickly. Uh, and then we're going to talk about um, hearing aids, hearing aids and, and sound fields, uh, and the different types of in-ear, bone conductive, cochlear implants, oh, sure. and just the options available yeah. for that. Yeah, we get a lot. We're seeing more and more of that in our classrooms, and less a specialist, so to speak. I think, uh, especially for music, because even if you had someone who is specially trained, I, maybe I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's kind of hit or miss if they have music training. I mean, if they know, because it's such a special area. Um, am I right or am I wrong? Correct. I mean, but the model that we've gone through with even our youngest kids is they're included. So we have a specialist in teaching students with hearing impairment, but they're going to spend the most of their day in a, in a general ed classroom. And then okay. the resources are just to help them where they need okay. for equipment or, okay. or, or medial. The big problem that the youngest kids have is because they are, because they have a hearing impairment, their language development is delayed, is what you most often see with them. So they start school years ahead of everybody else to play catch-up so that they have the, the oral language that they need. Right, right. Okay, very cool. So you talked a little bit about when you first started using tech. All right, I'm going to put the phone down so if the bump, sorry. Um, what were the early barriers to classroom integration for you? Or um, are, you, are you primarily Apple, or do you use both uh, platforms, Android as well? Or? Well, for, for my personal PC. use, I'm Apple. Um, mm -hmm. At school, we're uh, bring your own device, so little okay. Windows. Uh, we're starting it into Android. We just bought some Clever Touch boards, which okay. are based on the Android software, so I'm, I'm starting to learn that OS a little bit. Okay. All right. And that has improved, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot since since the kind of the birth, I think Android was behind for a while, significantly on Mac and Apple, and I, I feel like the playing field has leveled. Do you doing both? Do you see that? Is that? Yeah, I mean the the Google Suite apps are just amazing. Um, I prefer them to the Windows um, Office in, right. in many ways. Yeah. I don't I think, think Microsoft's fully embraced the education world yet. Well, no, they've tried, but I and think I don't think that they've really embraced the online world yet. Whereas okay. Google, it's just there, right? right? Any device I log in on, I can edit, I cannot, yeah. and I think Microsoft is still trying to figure out what they want to be when they grow up with their OneDrive. Okay, okay. So early on, tell us a little bit about the barriers that you faced and kind of the approach you took, and maybe if someone doesn't have the same barriers, if there's just like a philosophy or something you kind of remembered about the overall um, adaptation of tech or integration of tech into the classroom? Because I know I have a lot of colleagues who are already saturated with the state requirements and standardized testing and assessment and evaluation, and tech can be just as um, saturating, can be overwhelming. So can you, what advice you have? What, what things did you see? What advice do you have on no. Well, my my philosophy is I, I don't look at technology as being a separate component. I, th I look at technology as being an instrument or a tool to what I want to accomplish. Um, the, some of the early barriers I had was mostly that I had to provide my own stuff. Uh, and then finding a solution that was easiest and quickest enough to roll out and be able to roll back in that 45-minute class period that you get. Right? If you spend 20 minutes hooking your iPads up, then you've wasted half of your class time. Right. So you have to have the solution that you can just go and then put it away. Now, the grade level you're at right now, have you always been, you told me once, is it? Uh, this year I am 
90% of my time teaching pre-kindergarten through first. Okay. Um, but throughout my career at Redford Union, I've gone from pre-K through sixth grade. Okay. Um, okay. So when you say providing your own equipment, because I'm thinking as the high school guy, I mean, I did provide some, but most of the time it's the instruments and the rehearsing. Not that you don't have instruments, it's just different what you right. have. Um, okay, so the barriers you face, we're bringing, um, bring, having to bring your own equipment in. What about as far as use and application in the classroom? You know, what happened? Did everything go smoothly every time you used a piece of technology? I'm smiling because I know the answer is yeah. no. <laughs> Absolutely. There's, I've never had any problems with something every just didn't work it, when you plugged it in. Right. No, uh, it's especially at the early stages, there was a lot of hit and miss, right? So I would I would make sure I would schedule uh, that kind of lunacy when I knew I had some extra time, you know, towards the end of units or towards the end of class and, you know, let's try it and see what happens sort of thing. Um, the biggest the biggest thing is, like, aged equipment because you know, my district has always been behind on our purchasing because we have no money. Right. So, like, the towers that we were using even in 2000 were already older than our kindergartners. Right, so right. Have, just having them keep up and not yeah. shut down randomly. Yeah. I think that's pretty common. So you have to, but you do have to schedule the time. There's really no other way to do it, and don't be in a hurry, right? Like right. you said, you just can't, you can't rush that because uh, even in the presentation that I do, I think, okay, I'm pretty much ready, and then I do the presentation, and there's always a little, oops, mm -hmm. no, I wasn't, and <laughs> you can't be, and that's just the way it is. It, it, I think it takes you a while. To get used to that, do you agree? I mean, whether you're young or old. Oh yeah, you you have to plan for surprises. Uh, they, the program that I took for my master's degree taught us right away that the, the first rule of technology is it's going to break. Right. Have a plan B. <laughs> <laughs> have a plan B. So if you're a teacher who maybe doesn't, you know, you're new enough or you're not comfortable enough for tech with tech, how how do you decide to plan that time? I think you might be overwhelmed, intimidated, you know, what's the, do you have any, any thoughts on? Well, I would say start with what you're, you're comfortable with, right? Um, I think most people are comfortable with smartphones and how that screen manipulates. So find the tool that you're already familiar with and how can you adapt it for use in your classroom? Um, one example is like PowerPoint or Keynote or Google Slides will all have a voiceover so you can record your presentation with a voiceover it's like making a little movie so if you wanted to make a music video right you know just click through the sides while your class is singing or, or playing or what have you and it's already done you, know, you don't have to get video. into the fancy stuff yeah. and then you play that back let them listen type of thing is that right. or whatever they might need to do play back yeah. and share I do I, I don't take a lot of video for my kids self-assessing I'll okay. just do audio um, I have a microphone taped velcro to my ceiling that's right. Yeah. Well, so you, know, you just press necessary. record and then you yeah. go back and say, hey, this is what it sounded like. What would you hear? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, for videos, you're sharing at home because everybody, all the audio sharing sites are video now, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, and I uh, have even just used my phone to take a video, but I just lay it down flat so you don't really see the kids. You just can hear them because the audio is pretty good. Uh, I will pick it up and, and just show them posture if there's something but most of the time I'm you know I'm with you I just want the audio part of it right um, uh, and that's pretty pretty quick my Chromebook wasn't always great with recording it was kind of buffering or 
you know the quality there but the phone is it's amazing so you're right yeah dive in with your phone and the kids will do a lot with the phone mm -hmm. as well so and there are more apps out there I think do you agree with that that the interface is better it look better it's not like they're trying to jam a computer screen on a small right. phone yeah yep. sometimes it's much easier well like what we're using right now this is pretty self-explanatory there's a big yeah. red button yeah it says play <laughs> and uh, using the anchor uh, to do my podcast all right so we've talked a little bit about your presentations and what you're doing uh, what you've done kind of what you're doing what's uh, what are some things you're looking at in the future and what would be your one if you had a billion dollars or you know a magic wish or whatever uh, what do you see you really need for tech or tech really needs for either education or personal or whatever um, well at the, at the local level I would like to have greater access to tablets of some sort for my class. Uh, I've got the hand-me-downs that came to my room to die that are kind of limited because they're first-generation technology. I mean, they're 15 years old. So, so they're not updating them necessarily. Right. So they can't be updated, but they came to my room to die, so I've got 20 of them that I can play around with. It'd be nice to have something more current so that we could have the kids do the projects on their own rather than we have to share these five for... 25 kids and, and design a program that is accountable for everyone in a small group. Um, so if I had a million dollars, I would get more equipment than I need. But uh, where, where I'm starting to look at is how can I have my students make connections with students in other parts of the world? Um, right now I'm working on convincing a couple of teachers in China that I met to have their English language learners uh, do some sort of musical pen pal with my English native speakers so that they can hear native English speakers speaking their language, you know, learn simple games because yeah. they're very into that, sure. and then turn that around and have my kids learn traditional games that they play in China. Okay. Cool. I, I was uh, thinking, I always think about that question when I ask interviews on, on here. I had PE teachers on and uh, there was one that said uh, as far as tracking and tracing the different things that their bodies in, uh, are doing for fitness and for intake and, and output and he said they have some of that now but it's like thirty thousand dollars for one piece of the equipment to do that with that. there's yeah. a there's a cheap one yeah. is it a coach's eye so and I think he was speaking to that but I think he was even going further almost more VR AI type of stuff in there oh, where you like it's, with the balls and, and yeah I and I don't you know I'm unfamiliar with that I'm still kind of getting into just the just the primary uh, use in the classroom for teachers. I don't know what my feeling is, is that part of the intimidation that teachers have with integrating <coughs> tech is that where do they start? And having that time to be the one that screws up in front of your students, which most of us who've been teaching have been trained, you don't do that. Right. But now I think it's getting more okay. You facilitate more and you teach or lead, dictate less. Um, and uh, I think tech, especially in the artificial intelligence or you know, even the hologram, even being able to communicate, play instruments together from different locations, like with your Chinese you know, uh, connection, without all the buffering so quickly, so easily. I know you can do it, but there's, depending on the quality of the connectivity, it can be that's, that's key. It can um, be an issue. So for me, if I could, if I had to know how and so forth, that's what I 
we'll try to make because I think some musical styles are struggling um, sometimes to keep interest to have people performing in them because they've been exhausted but I think tech has the capability of changing it a little bit and making it new again so to speak but take a while to get there right yeah well all right I think we're just about at the end of this one it's been short but informational um, I, I appreciate Ian coming on um, if you want to go over to iTunes and give me a uh, review I really appreciate it. I think I have a few on there. You can also email me at olddognewtech1010, it is, at gmail.com. Just open that one up for this because some of my other emails accounts are getting kind of cluttered. Do you have that issue? Do you have, how many accounts do you have? That's oh, all. and I just got another one it's at work, somewhere 8 to 10. Yeah, yeah. I did want to ask you, and I know I did the closing, so here's a bonus, bonus segment. How about in your school with your colleagues and, and your teachers? Are they pretty quick to adapt, or do you have a 20% or 30 40% saying, no, thank you, don't come talk to me? Or, well, how is it? Um, they're all open to it, but their level of comfort is runs the gamut. Kind of what we're talking about here, then. Yeah. Good. I, um, I want to make sure this is at the point, and I'm like, and you're not looking at me going, look, my school, we're on it. You know, we're, it's not that we're not. I don't mean to miss It's just... You hand me the extra time where right. something's got to go. I was talking with a social studies uh, colleague, and he said that. He said, we went to trimesters in our district. Some content delivery had to go because he lost weeks to deliver the content and prepare. And So if you're losing content delivery, uh, tech integration is definitely going to be down the list. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Especially if it's something that you have to set up. Right. Like we have a kindergarten teacher that would love to use a projector, but she doesn't like the amount of time that it takes to maneuver it because they yeah. won't spend the money to get a wall mount so she has to have it on a cart and yeah. we spent probably two hours before the school year started this year figuring out the best solution that required the least amount of work for her so she could just grab and go like herding kittens still isn't that kindergarten right i mean it's because right. as soon as she's taking time it's gone right? they are, <laughs> <laughs> you better look out in the hallway because that's where half your class is God bless them. I love yeah. kindergarten, but I, my wife teaches that level, and I, not me. I, I can, but it's just, I think it's the grizzly bear size that I am that, mm. yeah, <laughs> that, that I know I ran into trouble with. All right. So, again, thanks, uh, thanks to Ian. Thank you for listening. I'm going to try and find some more folks while I'm here at the Michigan Music Conference. I did a couple of live tweets on at EdTechJWest. Uh, just talking to folks afterwards. Ian was actually one on one of those with me, a little review. And I did one at the end of the session today. So I hope, I hope your tech integration is going well. And remember, don't try to be perfect. Just be patient. It'll work out. Thanks for listening. This has been Old Dog New Tech with Jeff West. You can reach me at olddognewtech10 at gmail.com. That's olddognewtech10 at gmail.com. Send me an email or leave me a review on iTunes. And remember, when integrating tech into your classroom, don't try to be perfect. Just be patient.